Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Uh, first thing I do want to talk about is electric cars. And as you know, Ireland has set a goal uh, to have electric cars by 2020. I was privileged enough to have a loan of one for a weekend about three weeks ago. I got a lot of a Tesla Model 3 because I'd mentioned it on the air that I'd never driven one. So Tesla emailed me and said, oh, you've never driven an electric car, Mr. Boylan. Would you like a loan of one for the weekend to see what you think? And I did. And I have to say, it was an experience. And an amazing car. Absolutely amazing car. Very minimalist inside. And there's reasons for that, of course, is obviously to keep the power draw down and not only that to remove the amount of moving parts that can actually break to very very low maintenance so essentially a very large iPad Pros essentially in the centre of your dashboard and that's it no speedometer no clocks no buttons no heating buttons no vents you can't see any vents they're over the window or somewhere you can't actually see them nothing no gadgets no buttons no controls no gear sticks nothing because everything of course is all on the screen and it's an experience to learn how to... It's like learning to drive again because, of course, your accelerator is essentially your brake when you take your foot off the accelerator. The car slows down automatically. Now, you can turn that off if you want to, but it is a feature of electric cars. Uh, the auto autopilot, as they call it, is an amazing feature. It would scare the living bejesus out of you. You literally put it into autopilot on a motorway. Now... Tesla insists that you keep your hands on the steering wheel. And if you take your hands off the steering wheel for more than a few seconds, it reminds you to put them back on again. It can tell whether your hands are on the steering wheel or not. Because, of course, um, you know, uh, should I say, autopilot is not legal yet. Because it hasn't been perfected yet. I mean, they're kind of 90% there. But it's incredible that you can tell the car to go out to the outside lane. And it does so. You can put the car into autopilot from here to Belfast or wherever it happens to be. And it will drive all the way, keeping in traffic, staying a good distance from the car in front and keeping within the speed limit. Essentially, you don't have to drive the car at all once there's lines on the road and it knows where it's going. But again, of course, on Irish rural roads, that would always be the case. And you probably wouldn't trust it too much. You always feel you have to kind of grab hold of it. Anyway, Ireland has given itself a lot of a goal of having one million electric vehicles or EVs, as they're called, on our roads by the end of the decade. But is this achievable? And what will the consequences be if we don't actually make the target? Now, Volvo is fully committed to EVs. That's according to David Thomas, the managing director of Volvo Ireland. The manufacturer is currently targeting that 50% of its new cars sold would be fully electric, with this moving towards 100% by 2030. Nissan, as you might have read today, it's been all over the news, has set out plans for a 1 billion electric vehicle hub in Sunderland, which the Japanese firm says will create 6,000 new jobs and they'll be supplying all electric cars. COVID-19, of course, has affected many of our lives, uh, from work to personal relationships, but has it affected our car purchases? Not just the fact that such purchases were harder to make, that much is obvious, I suppose, although the move to online sales has helped to cushion that a little but it has the but has the pandemic meant that we have changed our attitudes towards electric cars? Well, the answer is yes, because according to the second-hand car sales website Carzone, which regularly polls Irish drivers to find out what they're thinking, fifty-five percent of people have said they are planning to buy a hybrid or a fully electric car as their next purchase. Fifty-five percent. 
That's over half the people driving at the moment are saying, I'm going to get an electric or a hybrid vehicle for my next purchase. Now, there is, there's downsides to electric cars. And the biggest downside for everybody, and everybody says the same thing, is the charging. Before, we would just rock up to a garage, 20 seconds, fill your car up. Done. Now, you have to rock up to a garage that happens to have a supercharger. You might get away with 20 minutes. There's very few superchargers in the country. I think there's only about five of them. If you manage to get yourself a regular charger in a garage, they're different wattages. Most of them will charge your car up reasonably quickly within about an hour. But if you get the standard chargers, you're looking at six hours. Then you're down to whatever the car will do, what the limit of the car will do. Tesla, for example, the top Model 3 range will do over 500 kilometers. That's the range on the car. Whereas the average range on electric cars is somewhere between 150 and 250 miles. No use if you're living or if you're working outside Dublin, for example, and living in Dublin or working outside Cork and living in Cork. So they're no use for long journeys because you're going to have to keep charging it all the time. So they are a problem in that respect. Now, that's getting better. The range is getting longer. The batteries are getting quicker to charge. And maybe in 10 years' time, that will be the case. And also, there's a suggestion too that hydro cars uh, could be the thing for the future as well. The electric cars might be just a stopover. But anyway, at the moment, there's any amount of electric cars that you can buy. Uh, the Jaguar I-Pace, the Peugeot E208, the Kia E-Nero, the Volkswagen ID4 and 3, BMW, um, I think they've got an i8 and an i3, Fiat 500 is on the way, Skoda, Anyak, uh, Porsche Taycan, uh, Tesla Model 3, well, any Tesla really, because they're all electric, Nissan Leaf, Hyundai Co- uh, Kona, Ionic, um, uh, v- the VW Golf, the Mini, the Audi e-tron, the Citroen EC4, and the BMW i8, I think I mentioned that already. There's any amount of them. Nearly every manufacturer has an electric car at this stage or electric car range in some cases. Um, many of them have many more. But will you buy one? So between now and the next two years, most of the listeners that are listening tonight will probably change their cars. Certainly within the next four years, you'll all change your car. Or you'll think about changing your car. Will you buy an electric car? There's a big push at the moment. You get a grant from the government. If you're a taxi driver, you get a bigger grant. You get a free port in your house to charge it up overnight. Now, that's not an issue, by the way. If you're working in Dublin and you're living in Dublin or you're working in Cork and living in Cork or Limerick or Galway, whatever it happens to be, you can get a port outside your house and you can plug it in at night and when you get up the next morning, it'll be fully charged. It's not expensive. It costs about €7, roughly, to charge the car up fully. €7 versus filling a car with diesel or petrol will cost you 80 Massive difference. There is no service cost because you don't have to get them serviced. The only thing you will never, ever need to put on them is tyres and windscreen wipers. That's generally it. There is no service charge. In 10 or 15 years' time, the battery might need to be replaced. The batteries are guaranteed usually for a period of time. Because like your mobile phone, after a few years, the battery doesn't hold a full charge. But either way, you're guaranteed. Sure, you're not going to get more than that out of a a diesel engine anyway, or a petrol engine. You'll do, what, 500,000 miles in 10 years if you're busy in a car? You know what I mean? So... I can see the pros, I can see the cons. They're cheaper. They're more expensive to purchase, obviously, but they are cheaper. The money that you, extra money that you would pay to buy one, you will make back very quickly if you hang on to the car. So I can see all the advantages and I can see all the disadvantages. But will you be one of the 55% of people who buy one? 55% of people want to buy an electric or a hybrid car for the next purchase. Let me know what you think. The number is 087 188 Would you buy an electric car?
Let me know what you think. Dermot, you're in Ireland's Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dermot? Uh, good evening, Niall. How are you, sir? Good. Well, as a taxi driver, you're you're uh, in the dri- well, you're in the driver's seat, pardon the pun, but you get a nice big grant if you want to buy one. Um, I have to look into a grant if I want to see what's the... the 20 grand, to, isn't it? Taxi drivers yeah, get 20,000? 20, you have to, have, you have, to um, have had a vehicle or not had a vehicle or whatever. I don't think you can just walk in off the street... No, there is a criteria. You have to have had a vehicle for a certain amount of time and it has to be over a certain amount of years old, etc. Exactly. There is pros and cons. You can't just walk in with a taxi license and get your 20,000 grand because everybody has that crack. If that was the case. Um, Of course, as I said to Ashley, it's it's, it's a no-brainer. It's the way we're going. There's no case of would you, will you, won't you. It's going to be a case that eventually uh, um, diesel, fossil fuels would be Use up and electricity is the way to go, yeah? Yeah, you're, you're, mu- you're a bit muffled there, Dermot. Hold the phone up to your face, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Have you got it in your pocket or something while you're talking to me? I don't know what you're doing. No, I had it on speaker. Okay, yes. So it's in. Yeah, but take it off speaker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're live on I the radio, Dermot, for God's sake. I put, things to do, oh, yeah, I'll put you on speaker, will I? <laughs> put the air Go on, anyway. Carry on, pal. So, Dermot, so you're saying it's a no-brainer. By 2030, it's a no-brainer because it'll be illegal to uh, continue exactly. to produce or sell uh, fossil fuel cars, according to the Irish government. Um, but in saying that, will you do it sooner? Financially, uh, it, it, all, it all depends on finance. If it financially could, it, it worked out that I could afford it, I would. I'd buy one tomorrow. I prefer an electric one to a, um, to a diesel petrol one, yeah, 100%. And it's not that I'm necessarily mad about the climate now. I do agree that fossil fuels are, are causing major problems and the sooner they're, they're, finished, they're done with, the better. But um, of course I would. I'd have no problem with an electric car. Um, and okay, I, I, so from a taxi driver's point of view, the range at the moment on average is between 150 and 250. Some of the more expensive cars up to 500 miles, right? Um, or 500 kilometres range. But I suppose the 150, 200 kilometre range is not much use to you as a taxi driver, is it? It wouldn't be it wouldn't be too bad if you were in around Dublin because you could just pull into a uh, you do your, your um, a lot of time and as it runs low I, I presume there'll be areas where you could just pull in for half an hour charge it up have a coffee and smoke or whatever and just wait for it to charge and then off you go again but if a job comes in going out to they don't come in that often but the odd time you get a job going to Waterford or going to Cork or up to Donegal or whatever. And then, well, Donegal, you'd be snookered altogether, yeah. yeah. Well, even Cork, you'd be snookered. If Galway at a push. Yeah, you'll have to you stop know, with your customer in the car halfway down to charge well, up no, again. No, that, would, that just wouldn't be feasible. It wouldn't be yeah. feasible. And, and if, it, if it was a late at night job and anything happened and you ran out of it, you know, I, I thought that a lot of these cars had a very an emergency, very, very small tank where you could put maybe a gallon of petrol or diesel. No, in. that was that was an idea that BMW had a few years ago, where I think it was BMW, where they had li- literally a motorbike engine in the back. That would be oh. enough to get you going at 50 miles an hour to whatever your next destination was. But I think they've done away with that now. You can, now you can still buy a hybrid car, but now hybrids yeah. are essentially diesel cars with an electric engine or electric motor in them, which kind of helps for fuel efficiency, but it's not really an electric car. Yeah. I, I, I know where you're coming from. I thought I heard a story of a guy who, who had a, was given a company car and it was it was dual electric and fuel and he never ever bothered with the electric because it was, he, was, he's, he wasn't paying for the fuel, wasn't paying for the car. So he just basically filled it to the top with diesel or petrol every day and it, it had an electric system in it that he didn't have to use fuel and that, but he just couldn't be asked to, to use the electricity. 
But at the end of the day, of course, electricity is the way to go. As long as everything, it's like everything in Ireland. There's no point in, put, in putting in thousands, tens of thousands of electric vehicles on the road and have nowhere to got them, plug them in, you know. Or do you go to a plug point and there's three cars in front of you waiting to, uh, to charge you up and you're sitting there like a plonker, you know. Yeah, see, this was always my problem. At the moment, it's okay because there isn't that many electric cars in the road, right? Yeah. But even when I had the car for the weekend, now obviously I don't have a charger at the house because I only had a loan of us. Mm-hmm. You go to a garage and I went to, say, the Stat Island Dundalk and that, right. that has, well, it's one of the few places that has what they call a supercharger, which does it very, it charges the car fully in 20 minutes instead of six hours. Right, okay. But the problem is, is that everybody wants to use it and they only have one or two of them. So, are we going to replace all garages with lines of chargers? And even then, that won't be enough. Because if you take the average busy Statoil garage there at Swords or, or Dundalk or whatever it happens to be, the busy ones, right? Where mm-hmm. there's literally queues of cars waiting to put diesel in. And we can put diesel in in, say, 10, 20 seconds, whatever it is. You and away you go, yeah. And away you go. But you can imagine if everybody has to hang around for half an hour, at least. No. So I where are we all going to go? Where, where are we I all going to plug in? I think I told you this before, and I heard that this that, that the future of this is that there will be it, it might be garages or there might be a certain depot. But I think it's it's your average garage who, when they eventually run out of fuel because they won't, the cars won't won't be using it, is what they'll do is they'll have a massive stock of batteries. So what happens is if you're going along the M1 heading for Belfast and uh, you're you're you see you've already got half an hour of of, of uh, charge left on your battery. What you do is you go into the nearest garage, and there's a guy there. You lift the bonnet. He'll re- he'll remove the battery or batteries or whatever is in it. He'll take them out. He'll re- he'll put fresh ones in, and you uh, away that, you. That's that's and, not a, and that's away not you a, go. Yeah, but that's now I did see this idea, right? And now I, have you seen off. the battery? By the way, let you take a, a Tesla Model Three. Have you seen the battery? I have not. No. Okay, the battery is about five foot wide, about three inches deep, and about five, four or five foot long. Right, so it's the whole underneath of the car. Essentially, yeah. what the battery is is thousands of double A batteries. You know the little double A finger batteries. Yeah. Okay, chargeable ones and nickel cadmium or not nickel cadmium uh, lithium ion batteries, and it's thousands of those like little Duracells all stuck together and linked together. I know. That's exactly what they are. But it's simple enough. If they're going to design cars and design batteries, all you have to do is design a system where. You, you go in and the battery drops out onto the... Well, that, well, that was an idea they had in America, yeah, that you would drive yeah. in over this thing and a grabber would go lift under your car, take the battery out on a conveyor and put a new one in. And yeah. then, then your old one would go off and get charged and go on to the next car. Exactly. And yeah. it's a conveyor belt and you pay maybe maybe a fiver or a ten or something for, for the pleasure of it and away you go. That's what well, That sounds in theory like a good idea, but I don't know whether that's feasible. I know they looked at that idea. But now, the only thing I'm saying is by the time we get to the next 10 years and everybody has one or more people have them, you know, maybe then, you know, I know Dyson are working on new batteries, Nissan are working on new style batteries and maybe then the batteries will charge quicker. Maybe we'll be able to charge a battery in five minutes and maybe then as well the batteries will last longer too. We'll get a thousand kilometers. There will be, uh, look, let me know mistake. There will not be an issue in the future because, because, because mankind is so bloody good at, at inventing things that in 15, 20 years, 30 years, you, are, you may very well have a battery. Now, sorry, there's another thing I thought I heard was that you had a self-charging battery in the car that every time you applied the brake, it, it, it was like a sort of an alternator. It, it added charge to your battery. Well, that does happen um, anyway with many modern cars, yes. Yeah, but they will, they'll, eventually, they'll eventually come across a battery where you will literally get days out of it. 
we'll, we'll stay there for a second. Let me go to Caroline. Caroline, you're in Ireland's Classic Gates. How are you doing, Caroline? I'm good, thank you. Caroline, now you have two electric cars. We do. Okay, you and the other half. My husband, yeah. Yeah, okay. And what sort of cars have you got? So I have a Tesla Model S and he has a BMW i3. And not the range, not the range extender one that has the little motorbike engine, just the standard. Full okay, oh, is that is that what it's called, a range extender? Okay, it has it, a little, it has essentially a little uh, two fifty cc motorbike engine in the boot or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and a lot of people thought that was a good idea. Get you out of a spot, you know what I mean? But but, but anyway, so your one is a Tesla Model S. Correct. Okay, so what's the range on that car? I will get about two hundred and thirty kilometers out of a full charge on mine. Okay, that's still quite low if you're doing a lot of long distance. It is, but I tell you, well, I've had electric cars for the last five to six years. Okay, you were, had, you were early in there, weren't you? Yeah. yeah, I had three of the first model of Nissan Leaf. Um, I've had a Hyundai Ioniq. We've had uh, a new model Leaf. We've obviously had the BMW, the Tesla, and we've had a couple of plug-in hybrids as well. But even when we had the, the lower um, range, so the first Nissan Leafs would only do, like, say, 100 kilometers on a charge, it was a second car, so we just never really took it outside its range. It just was bring the kids to school, go to work, come home, go do the shopping, and just keep it within its range. So and just plug it back in every time you get back. Yeah. But it, it wouldn't even need to be charged every night, like maybe every second, every third night. Okay. Like often now, I only need to plug my car in once a week. But my husband brings this the Tesla to Dublin quite regularly, and he doesn't need to stop on the way, and then he's staying with the So where, So where are you there. coming from? Galway. So you go from Galway to Dublin. Well, that's okay. That's yeah. only an hour and a half anyway, isn't it? Really? Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's not time. It's distance. So, yeah, well, I mean, obviously, the faster you drive, the battery, same, the same way as your petrol won't be as efficient. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's a sweet spot for driving. And also, I believe, in the winter as well, where you might have the heating on, the lights on, and, and Correct. I, obviously, it runs the battery down quicker. And the batteries just aren't as, as efficient in the cold either. So there is an impact. The Tesla's not too bad. There's not much of a difference. But in the BMW and in the Nissan, we would notice a much bigger difference. Okay, so, so in the winter weather, you get less range out of the battery than you, you would in the summer? You get less range of the battery. Oh, right, that's Correct. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Definitely. Okay, yeah. okay and, and the other thing is as well, in relation to the, the cost-saving measure. Now, the Tesla was an expensive car. The BMW, by the way, was an expensive car too. But the Tesla, the newer Tesla, the, the Model X would be the new one now, isn't it? It's the Model X. Yeah, but they're, they're, we bought them secondhand. I mean, you don't have to buy cars new, so you can get good deals on secondhand cars. So both these cars are bought secondhand. But, you know, I was happier to spend more money on the car, to have a nice car, because the running cost is practically zero. And I'll give you an example. When we got our first Nissan Leaf, so you, you need to switch to night rate if you're driving an electric car because you get your electricity at half price or less okay. between 12 at night and 9 in the morning. So the Nissan Leaf would have had a 24 kilowatt hour battery and at 8 cents a kilowatt, you were looking at 2 euro to charge it at night. 2 euro so for we, a full charge. Yeah. 2 euro for a full charge and that would get you 100 kilometres. So, so, so what so we actually... Sorry, James. Yeah, yeah, so basically what you're saying is if that was the case then you'd have a line of cars with people in the pyjamas in the night he'd have a car at 3 in the morning <laughs> charging no, their cars. No, at your house, Dermot. At your house. What we actually found when we switched to night rate we changed some of our habits. So we started putting on our dishwasher and our washing machine and our immersion on timers to come on at seven in the morning as we were getting up. And do so all we the getting... do all the power companies still do the night rates? Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. And you can switch then switch every year. You need to switch every year to get the best rate. Okay, but I didn't. I didn't know they still found... did night rates. Oh no, they do. And what? But what we found was 
we started running a car, so we had one car fully electric, fully charged at home, and our electricity bill was actually cheaper than it was before we got the car. Because you got into new habits, yeah. Yeah, and we got into, so it was actually less. So, okay, now, so, so what's the car running, tax? Is the car tax low on the them? The car tax is like, oh, I don't know, is it 100 euro or something? It's, it's the lowest you can get on it. I think it's 100, maybe it's 120 euro for the insurance, tax Insurance, is the insurance cheaper or is it a bit it more expensive? Really make any difference. It has, hasn't made any difference to us. But okay, like, standard. We're running two electric cars at the moment. Obviously, with COVID, we're not probably driving as much as we would have before. And we're running our house, which is a big four-bedroom house as country, and our electricity bill is €100 euro a month. Ah, stop. We pay €100 euro a month. Ah, Jeremy, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. And, and no, no, no petrol or diesel bill. Look, no hang, on, hang on, This lady makes a very good point. For yeah. us, She's like an adver- walking advertisement for electric there's cars. Two <laughs> there's, two, there's, two, there's two big pink elephants in the room on this. One, the first one is... is, at the, is how can you entice people to buy these cars when they cost a fortune? They cost quite a lot of money, more than your average car. And secondly, where they're not using petrol or diesel, where a huge amount of revenue comes into the coffers of the government on massive amounts on fuel. Mm. I, think the, I think the government, I've seen on some petrol pumps, the government takes something like 80 or 90% of it. Yeah. Same the as they do with cigarettes, ex- excise duty. But you can be sure, electric cars obviously knew they want to encourage people to buy them. You can be absolutely 100% sure when the switchover happens in 2030 that the government will figure out a way to make, make money out of it. In other words, the car tax on electric cars will probably well, it's triple. Bit, it's, a bit, it's a bit like the analogy of the, the famous video recorder back in 1979 or 80 when it came in. The first one models of them cost eight or nine hundred quid. Absolutely, massive money. Now you buy one for twenty. Yeah, now you can buy one. You can buy them for get them for nothing. Yeah. So the thing about it is, is is that the way it's going to go with the cars? That eventually, when they they will become a lot cheaper when more people are buying them, maybe the prices of them will drop dramatically. Okay. The other thing as well, the other saving you have as well, I suppose, is service costs. So both your Tesla and your BMW. How old do you say they are, Caroline? How old are they again? Um, Tesla's four years old, the BMW is two years old. Okay, so you don't need to service them? No, they're tire, tires, as you said. That's and windscreen tires. wipers. Yeah. yeah, barely, yeah. Right, and so, so you, do you never need to leave it in to Tesla for them to check something or oil something or grease something? Well, I mean, I mean, it's still a mechanical vehicle. Things can go wrong. You know, it's, you know, the, the axles are the notorious issue with some of the door handles, these door handles that pop out. So I had to get a door handle fixed, but it was covered under warranty. But Tesla are excellent because they, well, they have a service centre in Sandyford, but they actually have... I was there, actually. Not, the guys that run it are lovely guys, actually. Yeah, spoke to them there. they have a ranger, or they have two guys um, who come round. So, like, when I had a couple of issues with my car when I got it first, they send a guy down to me and go away. I didn't even have to go to Dublin and he fixed it there and then. And what I love about it, I'm a real technology person and I work in IT, but I love the fact that when they just push out new features to the car, you just go out in the morning and it says your software has been updated and now you have... That's right, yeah. So the, so the software automatically just updates in the car exactly, so for the autopilot yeah. and all that kind of car. Does yours and have autopilot? technology. But it's just the driving experience. I don't think people realise... I know, I did. I know, I realise now, drive. Caroline, I had one for yeah. a weekend. And when I sat in the Model 3 and I put my foot down on the motorway, I swear to God, I nearly whizzed myself. It's, oh yeah, uh, nothing is going to keep up with you. Like nothing. It's, it's, it's the most the speed the, is unbelievable. I, it's faster acceleration than a Lamborghini, and it's a family car. Yeah, but you know, your people listening to you will think, "Oh yeah, but that's a Tesla." But that's the same with them all. It's like that in a Nissan Leaf. It's like that in a Hyundai Ioniq. Because mm. there's an electric motor, it's immediate power. You don't have to wait for the engine to rev. It just doesn't work that way. But and, and I was worried that I wouldn't get used to it. That you know the whole idea of taking your foot off the, the accelerator slows the oh, car down. No. But I, but I got used to it instantly. It was there was no yeah. problem at all. 
Now, do you, have you used the autopilot? Do you use, do you use the autopilot much? Not really. Like when you're driving around kind of country roads in Galway, you know. No, you no, wouldn't be using no, there, obviously. Not yeah. really. No, I, like I'm in and out of school and in and out to work and things like that. I'm not on the motorway, obviously. Set everything up on the motorway. Would but you trust again, us? Again, it's like you still have to have your hand on the steering wheel. Like the legislation says your hand has That's to That's right. And, well, and the warning comes up at the screen yeah, if you try to take your hand. After 20 seconds. But yeah. They're all like, this is not and a Tesla. Like, the they punish you, by the way. You know, can't have all these, this technology too. You know, they punish you if you take your hand off the steering wheel of Tesla. How do they punish you? Well, well, the Model 3, of course, you know, I was on uh, the motorway. It was, there was no one around. It was late at night. And I said, right, I'll just try this, see what this autopilot's like. And I took my hands off the steering wheel. Now, and all of a sudden it said, you know, it comes up with the red warning. Please place your hands back at the steering wheel and apply tension. So that's to let them know you still have your hand on the steering wheel. And I didn't. I said, I'm going to be bold and see what happens, <laughs> right? No, it wasn't going fast. And then all of a sudden, you are now suspended for autopilot for the rest of your journey. And I went, they're actually <laughs> punishing me <laughs> for being bold. I thought it would just disengage it and give you a big alarm to say that you're now in control or something. No, it says you're suspended from using it for the rest of the journey. And I went, oh, stop. It's like they're giving out to me now. But I have well, to say, I, it was I a wonderful experience. Think so. I do think that when people try the cars, and like, I've been a huge advocate of electric cars for a number of years. And in the place that I work, we ran an electric vehicle open day and we got all of the car dealers to bring the cars along. We got someone from a car charger company to come and talk to people. And we went from one car to 18 cars within the next year and we had two chargers installed in our office and now we have eight chargers installed in our office so when people do try them and they know somebody else who has one and they say oh well if they can survive with it on the range then I probably can too so and okay so for those who want to do a long distance by the way who might be traveling a fair bit because I travel yeah. up and down to Belfast uh, all the time all right so those who do a bit of traveling and a fair bit of traveling at the moment, there's a huge lack of superchargers. There's only five of them in the country, I believe. Well, no, they're the extra fast ones now. Yeah. So there are still fast chargers that will still charge your car to 80% in about 35, 40 minutes. Right. But, Even you your know, Tesla. It doesn't take, yeah, but it doesn't take 20 seconds to fill your car with petrol. It takes about five minutes standing there holding the nozzle if your car is empty. But, you know, with your electric car, you plug it in, you go into the shop, you go to the toilet, you get a bite to eat. You check what's going on in your phone. By the time you come back to your car, 20 minutes is gone. And it really, like, it's really not that much of an inconvenience. And I think I can probably count on one hand the amount of times I've actually had to stop in a journey and charge it publicly. Yeah, but the only thing because, was it did give me a bit of anxiety because... Oh, yeah, you get range anxiety. Yeah, yeah, because I was getting... Is that what they call it? Range yeah. anxiety. So I was yeah. getting range anxiety uh, because obviously I wanted to try and find a charger. I went to three particular charges in, uh, because obviously I didn't have one at the house because I only had a loan of it. And yeah. two of them were out of order. Eventually, I found a hotel that had a Tesla charger, the, the, you know, the actual brand. But that brand was only one. a slow charger, so that was no good to you. Yeah, I, what, I had to, what I had to do was get my partner to come with me, leave the car at, the, at this particular hotel for six hours and come back and collect it. Yeah, but that's messing now. Obviously, if you had a car charger at home, you wouldn't that have to do that. an issue. Yeah. I did, by the way, I did attempt to plug it into the house. Because they oh, gave you the, the granny table. Yeah, yeah they it gave you the thirty-four hours. Yeah, I know. I had it plugged in for about an hour, and it added about three miles to it. But stay there for a second. Let me go to Annette. Is it no, Annette? That's all right now. If you have a leaf put on a Tesla now, <laughs> no, no. Weekend. Annette, Annette, is it Annette? Yes, it's Annette. Annette, okay, Annette. Now, fifty-five percent of the population said they would consider buying an electric or a hybrid car in the next purchase. Would you? No. No. Why? I have I have a hybrid and I'm very happy with the hybrid. Okay, what what sort of hybrid have you got? Uh, the CHR. Okay, CHR is a remind me again. 
It's a Toyota. 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 Okay. Yeah. And it. and obviously it's quite fuel efficient. It is. It is. Uh, don't ask me now what the... No, but, but the hybrid helps. Obviously, particularly if you're driving in around cities, yeah. it's no good for long journeys. But if you're driving around cities, it makes it very fuel efficient. But you yeah. won't go full electric. No. And uh, what's the reason? My big worry would be electricity shortages. Oh. Wasn't there something recently about uh, Money Point having to reopen, having been closed, and also, um, I know Bordemona was closed and so was Money Point, but then Money Point had to reopen because there was a shortage of power. Okay. And we're opening new data centres, and they're the biggest consumer of electricity. Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of them here in Ireland. New Amazon one is opening actually in the next yeah. few weeks. Yeah. And what's going to provide all the electricity with mm. our nuclear? I think. Yeah, well, I, well, by the way, people get frightened when you mention the word nuclear. Nuclear power is the most efficient and cheapest power to produce, by the way. But, yes. okay, but people obviously get frightened because they think about, you know... That's what well, they have in France, isn't it, all over? Yes, yeah, and then, but there's, there's been a few of them around. There's a good few of them around Europe now at this stage. But yes. but here's the thing, right? And let me go back to uh, Caroline as well, if I can on this. Because, Caroline, if we all had electric cars by 2030, right... Or even the the plan by the government is to have a million on the road by 2030, right? If we had a million on the road, where are we going to all charge our cars? Because surely at the rate, because what's the, even the slower charges are 22 kilowatts. At that rate, the draw on the grid, I don't think it would handle it. I don't think so either. And, uh, you know, secondly, nobody's talking about the disposal of electric um, batteries. batteries. After mm. they have done, run their uh, time. Yeah, I, I, I'm not fully. I'm not fully convinced of the whole. Um, you know, in relation Energy to yeah, well, the climate change action part of it, yeah. because they suggest as well that you know trying to get the cobalt for the batteries is equally as bad for the environment, as, as, and producing the cars is equally as bad yeah. for the environment. But I'm all for, I'm all for the electric car car line. So tell me how we're going to provide electricity for all of these cars at that kind of power consumption, if we all happen to have one. So I am driving this because it's saving me money and I'm driving a nice car. Not yeah. my problem to work about work out where the electricity is. Well, no, but it has to be your problem in 10 years, Caroline. Well, it's like, you know, a lot of houses now are putting on solar PV. Now, well, I literally just got a new charger for my car that will take the excess from my solar PV as my car is sitting here and top it up during the day for free rather than sending it back to the grid. So there's a lot of advances in technology in terms of renewable energy as well. So that's going to improve in the next 10 years also. And this is the reason why nitrate is cheaper. We are generating energy at night that we ha- that is just wasted, that doesn't get used because the power plants produce a certain amount and if it's not getting used, it just doesn't get used. Well, that's what happens with the wind farms when we're not using the electricity. We end up having to stop them because oh, there's no exactly. point in producing it if we can't use it. Plants, you can't stop them because, you know, when they're up and running, you can't just flick a switch and turn it off. You know, they're up and running and that's it. So there is actually wasted energy at the moment. So, you know, obviously... Yeah, but, but when you... The, but, but, to I spoke to somebody recently time. who's... Okay, but I suppose recently somebody is an electrician and he talked to me about cables, right? So when you look at a cable that runs from pole to pole, uh, particularly in, the, in rural Ireland, you still have the pylons everywhere. Particularly in the cities, you don't. It's all underground, right? But he said, when you look at these cables, he said, they're probably about an inch and a half wide. He said, that can carry a certain amount of kilowatts. Now, I don't know the kilowatts. I'm not an electrician. But he said, if you have, you know, six or 700 electric cars charging off that at the same time, all trying to run at 22 kilowatts or whatever it happens to be, he said, it's just not going to work out. So no, he said, that would all have to be replaced. What said 
if you rewind back the clock 10, 15 years, the same would have been said about the internet as well. And now we've got fibre. You know, technology changes and the technology will change for electricity generation and distribution as well. Yeah, but look, look how long it's on. taken the government to put down the national broadband plan for Jesus' sake. So. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but we have it. Like, it exists and, you know, fibre does exist, but it didn't exist 15 years ago. And if you, if you spoke to a telecoms engineer 15 years ago, they could have told you the same thing that that um, mm. electrician told you as well. So, yeah, sorry, well, sorry, Annette, getting back to you, okay. So, yeah. Annette, when, when do you think your next purchase of a car will be? Oh, when I can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, when did, you buy, when did you buy the last one? The last one, uh, it's uh, 171. Okay. So if you do it, uh, the joke was, I said, this would see me out. It'll so, see you out. You're not that old, Annette. I'm old enough. No, I'm old enough. Ah, you're not. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking at, they're talking about this um, energy saving. And it's full, like, we're living in a house that was built in the late 60s. Okay. We've done everything to make it insulated and done everything to make it warm. But we still need to buy fuel. Mm-hmm. heated. Yeah. A certain amount of fuel. Well, the whole idea and, is that you're going to be all convert, well, we're all going to convert in the next 10 yeah. years away no, from I oil and gas. To I'll give you an instance. What they call heat uh, exchange. The board morning people kept you can they're supposed to be stopping the project yeah. production of those. And they're importing these compressed wood uh, wood Yeah, it's like sawdust and other ones, yeah. Yeah. And it's wrapped in plastic. Mm. And it's imported. Yeah. Now you can't tell me that that's energy saving. Well see, from Holland. Well, Ruth said the same thing to me today. There was a, something sent into the radio station here today for vegans, and Ruth was delighted because, of course, she's a vegan, and it was all produce for vegans. And it was there was a whole leaflet and booklet inside about the environment and saving the environment and all farming yeah, and agriculture. Yeah, but the, but beef. the thing was wrapped in cardboard and doused in plastic and sellotape and gaffer tape, and I'm going. So what's the point of that then? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And a lot of the vegan stuff is imported. Yeah. So I, I, I get what you're I get where you're going. Okay, stay there for a second because we want to go to Seamus as well. Seamus, you're an Irish classic. How are you doing, Seamus? Good, very well, thank you. Seamus. I have to say hats off to Caroline. She's done a great job so far. Yeah, she we should get her a job in sales selling electric cars. Absolutely. She's stolen most of my good points. But <laughs> well, can I just say in relation to the grid uh, and providing electricity for eventually when everybody gets electric cars that the, the, the grid most definitely has to be modernised. Yes. And, um, uh, including the car I'm driving. Uh, what, are you, what are you driving? I'm driving a Tesla Model 3. I was one of the first people in Ireland to get one. Right, okay, okay. I, I was three and a half Fabulous car, loved it. Absolutely great car. Now, the only thing I will say was, right, if I had a choice... I probably wouldn't go for a Model 3. I'd go for a Tesla, but I wouldn't go for the Model 3 because I didn't like the minimalist idea. I like to look at a speedometer. Ah, you get used to it. Believe me, you do. Uh, and, and what Niall is referring to, folks, is the fact that it doesn't have a speedometer in front of the steering wheel. It's it on the screen, on the left, yeah. The 15-inch screen on the left, yes. But um, Even if they had a HUD on the, on the, the, the windscreen in front, I would, I'd be yeah. all right with that then. I agree with you 100%. And uh, look, at, you know, that stuff will come. But mm. just on the point of the grid, the grid will be modernized. And uh, a lot of electric cars, especially in the future, 
will have the capability of not only taking power from your house uh, charge point, but they'll also have the capability of putting electricity back into the grid. The cars will. And um, this is called vehicle to grid. Uh, now, the, the, the Tesla I have does have the technology or the hardware on board to do this. It's just not turned on at the moment. Okay. And, but, um, and when the grid is, is modernized, one will be encouraged to plug the car in when they come home. And then uh, smart meters will be able to decide, let's uh, take some electricity from Seamus' car and uh, then later on we'll give it back to him uh, at, at a better rate or whatever. So you know? essentially Seamus' car will be used as a battery to store unused electricity until it's needed again. Correct and right. Uh, battery, right. battery technology in modern, um, in modern um, grid uh, electrical uh, suppliers is is going to be a huge part of it. I'm sure you're aware of the big battery that Tesla put into uh, Australia there a couple of years back. Do you remember the thing where they 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 said if they don't if they don't have it by uh, a certain time that they would give the battery for free and it was a mass. Mm. Massive millions, uh, billions of euro. But anyway, they got. Well, well, I know, I know. Isn't it Dyson are developing new batteries now? You know, uh, alternate batteries to lithium ion, and they believe these will encourage people to buy cars because it'll increase the range to a thousand kilometers, um, and they'll also charge quicker. This is Dyson one. I think this is Dyson are developing these, isn't it? Yeah, that, those ones suck. All oh, right. Okay. Well, I know nothing <laughs> about them. All right. But okay, let me let me run through the myths, and I know you and Caroline <laughs> will shoot these down immediately. So some of the myths is they're dangerous and they catch fire. BS. Right. I mean, so what about these stories that are coming out of America that you see that electric cars catching fire, and when they do catch fire, it's impossible to put the fire out. It's not impossible. It's 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 more difficult. One of the things that I done when I got this Tesla was I went to my local fire station. And I uh, took the car into the fire station and I showed the fire officers where all the cutoff points were. A lot of first responders uh, don't have the training on electric vehicles. And, like, I mean, for example, when you open the bonnet in my car, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's areas where it just shows you very quickly where first responders can cut the power from the main traction battery uh, to it just cut it. Right, okay. Um, so that's the first thing. Then the second thing, that allows them then to use the jaws of life in, if they need to, uh, without any uh, concern. Then the other thing regarding if the battery does go on fire, yes, it is very difficult to put it out. But one of the main things that uh, has to happen is that they keep the battery cool. If they arrive to a car, that uh, an electric car that is on fire, the main thing is to keep the battery cool because if it does... Uh, ignite then it is very very difficult to put out right and, okay. and water is not the solution okay but but uh, what are the stats i don't know if either one of you have looked at the stats in relation to fires in electric cars versus fires in petrol and diesel cars per head of population is there any difference i can guarantee you that ice vehicles go on fire more often than electric vehicles do okay that is 
100%. Okay, Seamus, to get to the other points that I made with Caroline, um, range is still a problem. Now, I know the Tesla do a Model 3 that'll do 540. That was the one I had alone of it. It'll do 540. Well, realistically, we have a 480, I imagine. Um, Kilometres, which is not bad. I mean, that's going to get you pretty much from one end of the country to the other. Um, But if you did want to go from one end of the country and back again, you're going to have to charge it up, right? So, realistically, we'd like the the average range of a decent petrol-stroke diesel car now is about 1,000 kilometres, right? So... When are we going to get to that point? That, that'll take away the, the charging anxiety that you get. Well, first off, I would challenge you to drive that uh, ICE vehicle a thousand kilometres with, uh, without your bladder uh, exploding. The which? Vehicle? Your bladder. Oh, my bladder. In other words, yeah. that I'm going to have to stop at some point. Correct and right. I know I have a good bladder. Uh, it won't last a thousand kilometres. <laughs> I don't. I, well, a thousand kilometres you'll do in, oh yeah, I suppose it'll take 10 hours at least, yeah. yeah it's not going to last that long. Yeah. Now, that's point number one. So you're going to have to stop and relieve yourself. And because there's such a, a, a wide range of chargers available uh, with varying speeds and that, you know, yeah, but they need more of these. And I spoke to Caroline about the not the what are the Carl Caroline not superchargers. What's the the duper duper ones called? Fast chargers. The what? There's different types of fast chargers, so there is. Yeah, well, I was looking for on my map for the the Tesla super duper charger, and they said there was only five of them in the country or something like that. Moment, but there's another one coming in Galway. There's another one coming in Cork, and there's another one coming in Belfast. I heard you mention they're going to Belfast. That's right. There's one. In, there's one going to be in Belfast City, just on the left hand side on the M2. Yeah. And one coming in Enfield. Yeah, but yeah, but we're, but one here and there is no good. Ah, yes, but uh, Niall, what you have to remember is that uh, every supercharger that's going to be in Ireland is going to have at least uh, eight chargers at it. Right, okay, so eight points. But yes, but if you arrive and rock up to it, and correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, Caroline, are you still there? I am. Yeah, so Caroline, if I rock up to a supercharger, a super duper charger, and it might have eight points on it, but if there's seven other people there, it slows down the charging on my car. Is that correct? I've never been to a supercharger that has had eight people on it. And I, I don't, well, not I don't now. Know if it does or not. I don't know if the Tesla ones do slow them down or not. Is, is that not true, Seamus? If there's other people there using the same... Okay, at the moment, we have version two chargers in Ireland, uh, but uh, version three are coming very fast. The version two will charge at a rate of 150, kilo, uh, 150 kilowatts an hour. That's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah, isn't it? it and yeah. then the version three that's coming, uh, uh, that's coming to Ireland, uh, sorry, the version two... Uh, if if you pull up right next door uh, to do another person charging, which is highly unlikely in Ireland, but anyway, if you do, uh, yes, you will slow down. So you'd be better off just moving one or two stalls down from where the other person is charging. That's with the with the current. Okay, version. but but looking to the future, Seamus, right? And we're looking at you know by twenty thirty, they're saying fifty percent. Volvo is saying fifty percent of its new cars, one hundred percent by twenty thirty. Nissan have opened up a new plant today. One billion, well, they've gave the go-ahead for this electric vehicle hub in Sunderland. BMW are pro- making loads of promises. They're all making promises for electric cars. So let's yeah. say by 2030... Well, okay, well, that's fine. Let's say by 2030, a million of us have these cars, right? I'm thinking of the logistics of this. So what's going to happen to your Statoil garages and your Tesco or Texaco garages and all these uh, garages around the country? So the diesel pumps and the petrol pumps will slowly disappear, 
what are they going to be replaced by? You know, well, hundreds of people all standing around waiting 10 and 20 minutes, even if we get a bit of speed on the charging, say, waiting 15, 20 minutes. Okay, well, look, first off, uh, this August, I plan to drive to, uh, to France and to Switzerland in my Tesla Model 3, and I will be using lots of chargers. But believe you me, I'll only be using them while, while I'm uh, relieving my bladder and possibly getting... Yeah, sick. and that's fine, and that's what most people do anyway. But I'm just... Yeah. The point, I, I mean, I wouldn't be filling up my diesel car unless it was running out. So I leave it until it gets down to the quick. So, yes. so the point I'm making is, but I can go in with a diesel car. Okay, Caroline is right. Five minutes, fill the tank. Go in and pay for it. Get me lotto. Go back out into the car. I might have a quick pee. And it may take me three minutes, four yeah. minutes. I'm back in the car in 10 minutes' time, right? And I'm off. Yeah. Okay, now I know some people hang around the Stadals having burgers and leave their cars at the petrol pumps, which is a pain in the hole. But apart from that, generally speaking, there's queues of cars. They must go through hundreds of cars, filling their cars up every day. We're not going to get that many people to be able to do that with electric cars. So we need to go up with a new plan, don't we? Yes, and to, to, to answer your question, if you take a look at Norway, um, which has 60% of its vehicles are electric, a lot of the gas garages there, uh, the gas stations, as they call them, um, are now adapting to the electric vehicles, and they're putting in uh, places for the electric vehicles to charge. Yeah. And eventually, the electric chargers will take over the, the, the petrol pumps and the diesel pumps. Are you convinced yet, Ines? 100%. Well, my son drives a Tesla in Norway. Oh, and does he? Your son drives a Tesla in Norway. There's a coincidence. Go on. Yeah. And uh, he actually loves the Tesla for the simple reason that he has free parking everywhere he goes with the Tesla. Oh, right. He, okay, he gets free parking, yeah. And uh, he charges it overnight. Right, so, very good. Yeah, and he does like his Tesla. But I'll tell you, I didn't like it because it's too low down. I like a high seat. Oh, right. Well, I'm sure there will be electric cars with higher seats than SUVs. Yeah, Michael has just come in now in the conversation. Oh, Michael is there, the husband, is he? He's does does he like the electric cars? electric cars? He wouldn't be going for an electric car either. That's because he's too busy pottering around the back garden doing his garden and he couldn't give a shite. Oh, he does give a shite. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Who no, does all the driving, you or Michael? Um, well, uh, when the children were small, they always wanted nanny driving. Ah, yeah, safer bet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Anyway. anyway, look, I have to go to a break. Uh, Caroline, sorry for ha- keeping you hanging on there. Thanks very much indeed. No problem. And uh, we've had at least uh, seven electric car companies call us. Want to know? Do you want to go work for them? Uh, Seamus, <laughs> in the interest of full transparency, do you work for Tesla? Absolutely not. And can I just say before you go quickly that our first electric car, which we still have is a Hyundai Ionic, which has a... Uh, do you work for Hyundai? No, I do not. <laughs> I'm just curious. Who do you work for? I, I work I, I work for my, my own company. Uh, we sell grease traps. All right, okay. So you don't work in the electric car business at all, because both of you well, seem I to know an know. awful lot. I thought it might have been a concerted effort by a couple here to sell electric no, cars. No. And, and come here, let's tell you, in the Hyundai, we drove to London in that car. Right, okay. You know, and, and what's the range on an Ionic? About 200, is it? 230, yeah. You're right, yeah. okay. Yeah. But this point is, we done it. We charged four times after we got off the ferry in Hollyhead. Yeah, no, I mean, I'd love... I mean, Tesla gave me a loan of that Model 3 for the weekend. I, I yeah. probably would have liked to have gotten it for a lot longer to give it a proper, you know, to, to get the feel for owning one. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because yeah. I was getting, you know, the anxiety, the range anxiety all the time. I was constantly looking to see what the range was. 
which I would never do with my diesel car. Look and see how much petrol I have or diesel I have. Yeah, I kind of um, know. You know, at, at home when I charge uh, when I charge this car, the Tesla, I just charge it up to eighty percent. Right. Well, when it, I just plug it in and it charges and then it stops. And it, like um, Caroline said, I, it's on the uh, cheap electricity at night time, which, which is very cheap. So it is, you know. And how much it cost to charge the Tesla for overnight? Well, uh, it, 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 last night it cost me uh, one euro and two cents. For 80%? Uh, uh, to, to charge from 60% to 80%. Oh, from sixty to eighty. That's, so that's about twenty percent. Okay, you know, but I believe it's about, according to the chap in Tesla over there in Sandyford, he told me it's about seven euro for a full charge. The charge from empty, but that'd be very, very rare. So yeah. It would, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a lot better than paying eighty quid for me tank of diesel. Can I? Can I just back up another point, Carl? Yeah, very, very quickly. Thirty seconds. Go on. Yeah. The driving experience—it's unreal. It is. No, absolutely. you don't have to tell me that. I know that part smile on your face. Oh, I had a smile from ear to ear when I put my foot in that accelerator. Listen, Seamus, thank you very much indeed. Tesla are delighted with you. And all the electric car companies for all the advertising you've both given us tonight. Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits.